What's up, my love? Welcome back to the Big Dreamers Bible Podcast. You are in for such a treat with this episode. I am bringing in one of my mastermind sisters, Kelly. And Kelly and I have been in the same mastermind actually since the day I started my business back in January, 2022. She has been someone I've looked up to in the space from the beginning, and we've also become really good friends. So I am truly so excited to bring her on the podcast to share her story, her wisdom, and her magic with you guys. So a little behind the scenes on who Kelly is, what she does, and how freaking phenomenal she is. Kelly began her real estate business back in 2009 in the housing crash. She has had her business for 14 years and her and her all women team are in the top 1% of realtors in the nation. She has over 300 million in sales. You guys, 300 million. She is such a badass. And in this episode, I literally get into her brain. I ask her how she did it, how she made it happen. And how she leads in the top 1% of an industry that is really male dominated. So enjoy this podcast episode, you guys. You're going to walk away with so much value from this. And it is one of my favorite conversations so far. So let's get to it. All right, Kelly, welcome to the Big Dreamers Bible podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Seriously, I just adore you and love you so much. You already know that. And when I was thinking about um, just you in my life and who you've been in my life, I was like, you've been there since day one, like since the first mastermind that I put myself in, didn't even have a business and you were in there. And then we've since been in a mastermind for the whole year together. We've laughed together. We've cried together. Yeah. We've gone. We've danced. We've We've done all sorts of things. We've been on a journey together, which is also the beauty of being in a mastermind, like connecting with such incredible women and just getting to be friends with someone like you. Like when I grow up, I want to be Kelly Parker, such a badass. And I know a lot about your journey, but I've never had a conversation with you being like, let me get inside your brain. Like, how did you build what you've done? And I've always, I know what you've done. And from the outside, I'm like, how the hell? Did she pull this off? Mm-hmm. So I can't wait. So my, I'm going to dive right in. My first question for you is you started your real estate business in the 2009, 2009 housing crash. Yeah. Thoughts Bananas. Absolutely. Like what Crazy. was your mindset? How did you, how yeah. did you balls to do that? Oh my God. No, I love this question. But first I want to say, I genuinely love you, Tan. Like I feel if I... If this were all a sorority, you would be my little sister. Like I genuinely, <laughs> like we have some years, we, we have some years between us, but um, watching you on your journey has been even inspirational to me, you know, and to be able to connect with someone else who's a big dreamer and going after everything that they want in life is what's bonded us. You know, there's, it's, we're a unique breed and the work that you're doing in the world is so wildly important. And so it's such an honor to come on here and, and just connect with you, but share my story. And yeah, I mean, I started in real estate in 2009. So for those who don't know, the housing market crashed in the end of 2008 and it was almost non-existent. There were not houses being bought or sold it was dead. And the reason I got into the industry and the reason I think this is important to share is I'm sure you, I know you talk a lot about why we do what we do, right? It's one thing to have big dreams and to aspire to greatness, but why ultimately are we doing it? And the reason I got in the industry in 2009 is because 
it broke my heart that people were losing their homes. I didn't understand how you could lose your home. I just, I did on paper, I understood the mortgage crisis and all that stuff, but I wanted to help people. And so I got in when I did to help people. Now I was told I was crazy. You know, a lot of people like, you know, the housing market's like dead, right? You know, this is crazy. You know, you're, you've quit your job that had a paycheck at a time where, so this is like the housing market crash and then the economy was tanking too at the same time. So all my friends were losing their jobs. And they're like, Kelly, you're giving up a paycheck to start your own business at a time where there's no real business to be had. And I just knew that it was where I was called to be. I knew that it was part of my purpose. I didn't really need to understand more than that. But I also knew that we get to decide what we're going to make anything in our life mean, right? And people were telling me that the housing market crashing meant that I wouldn't succeed, that I wouldn't do well. And I knew, I remember deciding I was going to make it mean something different for me and that it was an opportunity. And that if I could learn how to do it well and help people at that time, that when things recovered in the market, I would be really well positioned to accelerate my growth and scale my business, which is exactly what I did. So yeah, I was crazy. And I knew no one. I mean, I moved to Chicago. I literally knew one person. I'm from California originally. And I moved to Chicago. I knew one person. She was my best friend, slept in her bed for two months. Like literally we shared a studio apartment while I got under my feet. And I did another job for a couple of years and then I got into real estate. So I didn't even know anybody. I mean, I was like pretty much insane. It was crazy. The things that we do when we're called to do them. But it didn't need to make logical sense to anyone else. It just made sense to me. Yeah. And the emotional connection, that why, and even you sharing, like that was what pulled you in. That that was like the driving force behind it. Your deep emotional connection to it, I think, just overshadowed all the fears, all the doubts, all the noise. And it was so certain in your body, like this was what you were supposed to do. In those like early days, or even you saying like, you got into an industry when it was non-existent, but you also, like, we know when you begin anything, like even from starting our business, like starting my business, like when you start something new, there's like major learning curves. Like you have oh. to, and for like years, like I'm years, like, like it's, it's never there's like a three year learning curve. I am convinced. I know for my industry, I say it's three years. I, I think it's any industry at this point. It takes you three years to really get your foot under you to kind of understand what it is that you're doing. Yeah. So you yeah. not only got into an industry that wasn't existent, you left your paycheck, but you also had to become a new version of you, become an entrepreneur, become learn real estate. Like you're crazy. And this is why. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is why, why we are friends. Cause you're the same. It's literally what you did too. Right. So like, you know, yeah. You- it makes no sense to anyone else, but it's like that random feeling. And I know that feeling you're talking about of being like, this could, this sounds insane. And there's a really high chance it's not going to work, but I just know it is like, it's just like the right move. It's just this knowing. And I've always like called it alignment. It was just so aligned. It didn't, it didn't need to make any sort of logical sense. My soul understood what it was doing. I look back now, I mean, I'm doing it 14 years now. And I look back like, damn, that's what was happening. That's why we were doing this. That's how that was going to go down. We don't understand it and we don't need to. That's the point, right? We just have to honor that calling inside of us and and not turn it down, not water it down, just let it be and not try to understand the rest of it and just show up 
in the ways that feel right in that moment. And they'll continue to evolve year after year. I mean, how I show up now in my business is very different than how I showed up then. Right. And, and it should be, this is an evolution, but it didn't need to make sense. And I think that's, and I see those markers in so many different places in my life and my career. I mean, even getting starting my coaching thing and making a pivot when I did in 2020, people thought I was crazy. That's just become the mark now. Like, honestly, if someone thinks I'm crazy, I'm like, great, I'm on the right track. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, so true. And I mean, we've had conversations in this, uh, in this type of realm of like, what you've done and what you did back then. And then now you starting your coaching business. It's like leaning on that younger version of you, leaning on that, that, that version of you that did that as evidence. And something that I like to preach to anyone who is starting a business from just from my own experience was like, yeah, I was starting a business in a whole completely new industry from scratch, but I'd done crazy shit before. This isn't my first time in the crazy rodeo. And I, even though it's totally different and technically separate skills and whatever, but mindset and energetic skills and just like the courage, like that is the same. That is like the key element. So I went back on on an older version of me. I'm the 19 year old version of me that moved to LA a lot during this phase while I like tried to figure shit out. So I love that you even brought that up. And I know your team has, is an all woman team, like all women just killing, slaying life. Like you guys are the real deal selling sunset over there. (laughs) (laughs) Did you always have, was that always the plan? Was that from day one? Was it all women? Yeah. uh, Well, yeah, there's a lot there, right? I mean, I didn't really want to start a team. I didn't want to be responsible for managing people. I didn't like how teams were formed in our, why they were formed in our industry for a long time. They were really looked at as you have like this main agent who's the name or getting the the business or the leads or whatever. And they kind of have junior people under them. And so everything was named after the lead broker. So for example, it would have been like the Kelly Parker team. And I just didn't, so much about this industry rubbed me the wrong way from the beginning, which come to find out was part of my purpose in this space. And so I, I started it, I didn't really want a team, but I got to a point where two things happened. I needed some help. And so I was hiring for an assistant five years into my real estate journey. And I met a a girl at the time, she was 22 and she was wanting to get her sales license and she was doing rentals. I was like, girl, I can help you. This is, you can't, I, I, I felt like I needed to like kind of save her. Cause it's like, you're, oh, let me get you on the right path. And, but I was like, you're too young to be my assistant. I won't pay you anything, but I will mentor you. And that's essentially what started the team was let me mentor you. Let me help you build your business. And she's still with me. Her name's Emily. She's been with me. It'll be 10 years this in 2024, which is wild. She is one of the most successful brokers in the city of Chicago. She'll probably do more business than me. Actually, I'm 90% sure she's doing more business than me this year at the close of 2023. And it's, it's, that's how the team started was I, again, I just wanted to help. I just wanted to give back. And then organically people started kind of coming into my world, wanting to join what we were doing. And immediately I just decided I'm not calling that, calling this the Kelly Parker team because it's not just me. There's other people helping our clients now, right? It's not just me. It's not a one woman show. And so it was, that's when Home Collective came to be, you know, and there's a journey with that name is I know that, you know, but it's always the core of it's always been Home Collective. And over time, other women 
yeah, came to me looking for support or coaching and, and getting their business up and running. And so that's how the team was initially built was through coaching and mentorship. And so it's always operated very differently, but because I'm very clear on who I am and what I can offer, it's really specific for women in the industry. There is so much coaching and there is so much support for men. And I love it because this is a hyper-masculine industry. So it's natural that there would be a lot of male, you know, coaching figures and support, but the way that women grow our businesses is entirely different. And so the work that I do is really meant for women. And so naturally the, it's just women on my team. I've had men like come and approach and want to be a part of what we've done because the brand is awesome and people want to be a part of it. And that's amazing. But to, but just honoring who I am and who I'm here to work with, it's just sort of became only women. So, and that's great. I love it. Why not empower more, you know, to, to create the same thing that I've created in their own lives and businesses it's it's amazing so yeah you're so badass like I can't even deal <laughs> I can't even deal it's just so awesome like it's so incredible and even your photos of your team like when I see you guys do your, your like team shoots and the brand shoots and stuff like you guys are just like there's an energy around an all women team I don't know what it is but there's like an energy of like strength and power and resiliency yeah. and it's really it's really, really incredible what you've done. And I'll continue to tell you that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, it's a powerhouse, right? And now it really is a collective. Like truly, there are 10 of us now and we really believe this is all collaborative. We're all um, contributing to our clients. We're contributing to each other. We're supporting each other. None of this is possible. The work that we're doing, I think in any capacity alone. And so to really be building genuinely like a heart, heart-led but machine of other powerful women who are creating a lot of impact we're just sort of watching that you know radiate out and and have, make even bigger change so yeah. yeah and I love branding and I love photos and I love all the marketing so <laughs> it's it's fun yeah and then your team is in the top one percent of realtors nationwide so yeah obviously you're doing something very very right but I'm curious to, in your 14 years of being in this business, building this business, to run a team that is in the top 1% of realtors in this country, what are like these core elements to create and sustain a team at that level? Mm. There's a couple, right? So one of the things that I have done differently from the beginning, like I said, I didn't want a team because I didn't want to manage people. Mm. And I'm not managing these women. These are a team of leaders. These are, are, and sometimes it takes them some, some time, right? Some coaching and some mentorship for them to see that in themselves. But the truth is they're all leading themselves all day, every day in their lives and in their businesses. And I'm just a person who can, you know, share my knowledge and share my experience and help keep them, you know, on course throughout that time. So first of all, I'm not, I'm not managing people. I'm not babysitting. I'm not even accountability. You know, it's not my responsibility to make sure that you're accountable to yourself and your clients and your business. I can hold up a mirror for you and maybe show you some things from time to time, right? That's my commitment to you. And that's their commitment to our relationship, but they are leaders. They are leading themselves. And that's what I look for, for women that are on my team. 
And that's what I coach, you know, for those who maybe aren't on my team, because the problem was I couldn't have everybody on my team. That wasn't sustainable. So then I started my coaching business to help other women in the industry. And so that even in those containers, you have to be able to lead yourself, right? You have to be able to decide you're going to invest in yourself and that your dreams are something you want to make a reality and that your, your actions and your behaviors and your beliefs are all of your own responsibility, and so that is, that is, I think, part of the ingredient to being able to have a top producing like tier of women. And then also we have standards and you have to operate your business at a level that is a match for the standards that I hold and that we all collectively hold and commit to. My dog is going to come say hi. Is that okay? Oh my Sorry. Um, so, so it, I would say those are probably the two biggest components. You know, I, I am in the top 1% because of the standard that I hold myself to and for the way that I treat my clients, take care of my clients and the experience that I give them. Mm. You know, our, our tagline at, at Home Collective is the journey is just as dear as a destination. It is so incredibly important to me that you enjoy the experience of buying your home, selling your home, moving between homes, because you take that energy with you into your new space, right? And you know that you moved this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know we had some conversations about that. Yeah. And to be a part of people's lives at that time is so influential and so significant that I take that responsibility very seriously. And so my standards for, you know, the type of experience I'm, I'm providing to my client, the type of care that I am providing, you know, my knowledge, my expertise are very high. I have high standards. I have high expectations for the women on my team. I have high expectations for myself. And so the, the way that we are able to all operate as a unit at such a high level mm -hmm. is because they share these standards. They share these values too. We have a lot of shared values together as a team. What Home Collective stands for, what we value, everybody shares. And I think those, those three components, you have got to lead yourself and be self-led. I cannot pull people up. I can't. Um, you can ride alongside of me, right? You can, you may be a season or two or 10 behind me, but you're, you're leading yourself. We have shared standards and we have shared values and together we're able to produce, you know, at the caliber that we do and have the impact that we have. Mm. So, you know, it's the statistics are cool. Being top 1% selling whatever $300 million or whatever, you know, these are, I don't really track. I don't really care about the numbers or the statistics, but it's a, it is a reminder to myself sometimes that we are operating a little bit differently. And so I love that you asked that question because, and it was also never built from ego ever. I wasn't trying to be the top 1%. Mm. I wasn't trying to have this like powerhouse team that came organically by continuing to show up in the ways that were aligned for me. And then to honor what it is that we were here to do and the ways that we were doing it. And from that, it's always compounded into something much bigger. So not building it from ego to is, I think, a really important part of the equation. Yeah. I wasn't, this wasn't part of my question, my questions that I have for you, but I want to bring, bring it up. I want to go there. Go do Being it. a woman and having high standards in yep. a male-dominated industry, mm -hmm. We know that just as women, 
holding high standards and all the energy around that, the mindset around that, the like generational beliefs around what that represents, being a woman who knows what she wants, is clear about what she wants, goes after what she wants, but not being demanding, you're not wanting to be pushy, getting caught a bitch, blah, 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 blah. I would love a Kelly Parker riff on being a woman, (laughs) being a woman with high standards, high value and a high drive to succeed, especially in the industry that you are in. Yes. Oh, wow. Where can I go? I mean, I literally could take us on a journey with this riff, but I would say sitting close to the camera. Yeah. First, I'm going to start with something that's feeling really important right now. And it is when I started in this business, I I knew I have the vocabulary for it now, right? There's a a hyper-masculine energy. There's a, you know, negotiating. There's this hustle. And there's just this thing that we, I know in our world, like we talk about the masculine and the feminine, right? And I knew that there was parts of me that I'm very driven. And there was these elements that were of more masculine, but I also very much honored very early on that I had intuition. I ha- I knew, I understood energetic energetics in a way and the mindset and all of these things that your work touches on and, and really did dive deep into, which I love. And I decided early on that the ways that I was being modeled and coached and told is how you build the business was not right for me. Mm. And, and I had, I made, I just sort of made this choice of it is so masculine and it, I would be cutting off whole parts of myself if I showed up in that way. So I just didn't. And I just kind of honored my track and my path, but And so I I say that because I think anytime you're either new in an industry or trying to grow or scale, you look outward for models of how to do it. And when you see someone who's doing and has what you have, you think you have to model them in that. When the truth is, that's like, it's actually the opposite. They're just an example of what is possible, but the way for you to do it is uniquely all your own right? We can get tools. We can learn from each other. We can get mentorship and guidance. Absolutely. But deep inside of you is your aligned way for these things to become your reality. And that is your actual work is to honor that and stay committed to that. Mm. And so that to me was bringing more of the feminine into this space, right? To me, it was my intuition. It was caring about the things that I cared about and trusting that that would mean something for me and my business. And so this degree of client care, particularly, I just am so committed to making sure people feel very taken care of, which is much more of a feminine, you know, quality. And, and so I would say that there, where though, I, I hit up against what you're touching on, right, is I do have high standards. I do fucking love to negotiate. I I love to to run a streamlined efficient, you know, business. But I'm also incredibly kind and empathetic to what everybody is experiencing. And there is a way that I can advocate for my client. There's a way that I can negotiate and also still be kind and still be a human. And still honor where everybody's at in their journey and how can we actually come together? You know, and I think that there's so much in this industry that's just like divide and conquer kind of, I'm going to throw my rate around and I've got 
the biggest like production numbers. I'm gonna say something else, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like throw it around, right? And and I just never that what we were doing was so much more important and different than that, that that wasn't required, right? I and people take me very seriously. People know that this is the standard that I run my business and this is what they can expect from me, but that I'm also going to take really good care of everybody involved in that experience, because that is actually my standard, right? My standard is that everybody enjoys the experience and that I can also advocate for my clients to make sure everyone's really taken care of, if that makes sense, right? It's like, I think it's sort of the duality again of we don't, no one has to really lose. Everybody can benefit and everybody can win, but it does take a commitment to, to that. So I think that answers your question. I don't really yeah, know, but it did because what you've touched on is like this new wave, this new paradigm of extremely successful women making a lot of money running extremely successful businesses. And obviously this has only been a, a reality around that I've tapped into since I began my business, which was why I began my business, like seeing women operating at such a high level, running such big companies in the way you said, it's like doing it very, there's the structure, there's the the values, there's, there's all the things and you're kind and you care about people. Like combining these two, uh, these two qualities, these two traits is this new wave that is entering. Totally. And it's, it's a wave, like it is taking over. There's like women after wo- woman, after woman, after woman rising fast, big. And that is why, that is why it's working because of the- And it's it, absolutely, and we're honoring, right? Here's the thing, again, going back to it, all gets to exist. I can also honor what's right for me, what's aligned for me, the way to show up in my business. I advocate for myself hardcore all the time. I have boundaries, absolutely. I I know how much I have to take care of myself to do what I'm doing. And I allow for that to be okay too, right? That it's, it is all of these different components of I have the masculine structure side of my business and I'm tapped into what's the way that I'm designed, the way that I'm supposed to show up. And, and I let that be an equal part of the formula for success. I don't, I don't negate one and prioritize the other because that's where you can't scale. That's how you don't get to 1%. That's where things break down. And, and so I love that you brought it up because it is being ushered in. I mean, this is, this is why I think the women are coming into my world the way that they are is because this is what we're talking about, right? I can coach you and teach you the structure. I can teach you the the framework that you need to be successful in this business and mentor you on the ways that are uniquely aligned for you, the ways that you get to prioritize yourself and your care and your boundaries and support and all of these other things that I think have been left out of the conversation for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. A long time. And the industry that you're in, like real estate, I was thinking about it. Like when I was writing questions, I was like, real estate is like (laughs) a crazy industry. Oh, it's nuts. And we're psychos. Yeah. It's, there's no, um, I mean, it's obviously like very similar to the entrepreneur journey. And also I relate to it through the lens of my experience in the dance industry. It's like paycheck to paycheck, like you get a job, but it's just, you know, a, a, a small amount of time. Then you're back to the drawing board. you got to have a specific type of grit 
<laughs> and a specific yeah. type of determination and love the game. Like you gotta love the game. You gotta yeah. thrive in that space in between enough to want to continue to show up. And when it's not working, somehow dig deep and find that part inside of you that you can be like, no, it will work. I have to trust. And you've even touched on this a few times just in our conversation of like, you just have to trust yourself. Like the way that you started your business, that calling to do it in that time that you did it, having to trust that, even the way you've you've structured it, running it the way that you do it, knowing like this is different and I trust this. Yeah. With, the, with real estate and it being a market that goes up and down and you yeah. even getting into it at a time it was down, there's talk. I like, I'm not in the real estate industry, but I see, I see the Instagram things of being like, it's a terrible time. It's a great time. It's don't buy, buy now. Like there's so much, there's so much chatter, so yeah. much noise. Yeah. So, so as someone who's been in it, as long as you have, you've seen the true highs, the true lows, the real ups and downs of it. How do you overcome the, the noise, but also overcome the realness of the reality of the industry that you're in as well. Yeah. yeah I think ugh, that's such a great question, Tan. I think overcoming the noise, like, first of all, I am ruthless about what I listen to and what I watch and what I read. I don't, I don't, well, I don't follow other realtors. Cause I mean, I do now cause of my coaching. So now my women, I like follow them, but, um, I, I'm very cautious of what I let enter my field. To the best. I mean, there's stuff I can't help it. Right. But I, I have turned so much stuff off. I have logged in to be a part of like a zoom to listen to someone speak. And I go, Nope, like, no, 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 no. The moment you feel yourself contract, you, it should be a signal that that is not good for you. Not right for you. Not something that's going to help you on your core, on your course here. So I have, I've always been that type of person that's like, I would rather tune out. I don't even care if it means that I'm being naive. I really don't. I think that's like just kind of a bullshit word, to be honest. I'm like choosing to not participate in the rhetoric around a lot of it. So I cut out the noise very intentionally in that way. Um, what I've come to understand, and when I look back even, and I look at what's happened now, right? I mean, I was on a podcast at the beginning, it was January of this, 2023, and everyone was doom and gloom. What are you doing? How are you going to protect yourself? Are you scaling back? Where are you going to save money? And I was like, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm, I, I look at it again as an opportunity, right? If it's, this taught me anything, A, it's always an opportunity. There's always an opportunity. So I'm going to choose to mean it's an opportunity. And also these are businesses we're building these are careers these are not a one-time new year's resolution so why are we containing everything to like one calendar year there's going to be seasons right there's going to be seasons where we're growing and the business is great and then there's going to be seasons where it's a little bit quieter and we're working on the back end and cleaning things up and so in the overall context of what i'm building i don't really worry about the year-to-year -year fluctuations that's normal our energies fluctuate, our seasons fluctuate, like everything is meant to fluctuate. It means it's operating exactly how it's intended. And if I'm going to be so micro in the way that I look at it, then th I think that's what's flawed. I think what's flawed is we look at it in this micro way. And, mm -hmm. I, and I noticed that at the beginning of this year, I'm like, everyone's just looking at this one year, but I'm already talking about 2025. I, my vision is already on 2025. And this is going to be a part of the story. 
this one year will be the chapter, right? What I did this year, I did, I could only do because it was quieter and it was a little bit slower, but I didn't make it mean that I was going to make less money. I didn't make it mean that I was going to never have a client again, you know? And so I just made it mean that this is one chapter in what I'm building. And then it gets to continue to build on top of that. So to summarize it, I would say context, right? What's the context I'm holding for my business? Mm. And I hold a very big context. I mean, I'm literally doing my life's purpose. So I will not reduce it down to one market season, one year, one anything. So there's that. And then turn off the noise. Like y'all, like we participate in way too much Instagram. Like we almost, if it does not make me feel good, if I feel my energy contract, then I shut it down and I do something else. Because as you know, our energy is the most important thing, right? My clients, my business, whether I know them right now or not, are responding to my energy. So if I'm expanded, if I'm excited about the opportunity at hand, those people who are on that vibrational frequency will find me. And that's exactly what happened this year. So while everybody else's business is down 40%, Home Collective is up 22 stop really and it's yeah and it's it's not and I just genuinely believe we didn't do anything magical we just stayed really really connected to our energy and our mindset and all of the beautiful work that you do in the world right to keep our dial in the right spot this is this is such a great conversation just all of it everything we're doing right now I'm like addicted it's so important And something you touched on is something that I have been starting to say a lot more of being like, I'm on a mission to normalize the big dreamers lifestyle because everything you just touched on, like the context, we're not in it just for the calendar year. It's seasons. There will be ups and downs. Like there is this whole range of experiences, emotions, and blah, 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 that you're going to go through all to get you to where you want to be. It's a bigger journey. It's the bigger vision. And even just 100%. what we were talking about before we began the podcast about your trademark and the the whirlwind around that. But now you're on the other side and you're like, it is like so perfect. Like I can't even chill yeah. around that. Yeah. But it's like, it's interesting, right? Because the trademark issue, and, and I don't know how much you want me to tell about it, but basically somebody copied me in April of this year, literally named their business, The Home Collective, stole our copy, stole, I mean, the logo, the side-by-side for the cease and desist was like embarrassingly, it just was kind of insane how similar it was. And it rocked my world. It really did. But in now, 10 months, nine months, eight months, I don't know, on the other side of it, right? It's been that long? It was April. So maybe oh, it's been seven months. Oh, like you're right. Because we were in Malibu at the retreat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it, it rocked my world, but what was really interesting on the hindsight now, I remember standing and speaking to an attorney who was going to cost me a fuck ton of money and being like, this is, why am I doing this? Like, why am I taking this so seriously? Why am I spending all this money? But it was just, it felt right. It just, it didn't make sense in that sliver of that month I was in or the context of that, right? But now that I'm zoomed out, now that I understand where we're going and what we're doing, it's like an obvious match mm. for, for what this is, right? For how big it is. So in the moment, we are going to feel fucking crazy. In the moment, we're going to think, am I dreaming too big? 
am I too ambitious? Like, who do I think I am? You know, why would I make that type of investment? For me, it was an, an attorney at that time. Why would I make that type of an investment for the business that I have right now? And now that time has gone by and I just, I didn't question it. There's a certain point where you just have to stop questioning it. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to do the fucking thing. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, right. I'll figure it out. And now I'm on the other side. I'm like, oh, because that wasn't about the context of my business right then in that moment. It was about the bigger context of what is being built. And so as I love what you said about normalizing this big dreamers lifestyle, this way of being in the world yeah. is you are constantly taking action for the that is a match to what you are building and not to where you are right now. And that's our work is to constantly remind ourselves that it may not make sense in this current reality and it's not supposed to, and that's okay. And so keep going. Yes. Yes. And oh, this is just so big because nearly every conversation with whether it's a client or someone new in my world or just someone that I'm like connecting to on Instagram about their dream, about what they're doing. And when they share with me either why they haven't done it yet or why they're holding back or why they've made it make sense that they're going to wait until they finish next year. And then in 2025, then it's going to be blah, 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 blah. And when they go in that thing and I'm like all their fears, all their concerns, all their doubts. And especially when I'm on calls with my clients and I'm hearing them go through their fears and their, their roller coaster of emotions, I'm like, right on track. Sounds, yeah. sounds perfectly, sounds perfectly right. And there was this book that was titled the common path to uncommon success. And oh. I was like, that title just sums it up in such a nutshell. It is the normal path to extraordinary yeah. success. Like the doubts, the fears, the making big moves that make no fucking sense is if you want the extraordinary success, if you want the holy wow, blow your mind, this is the normal road. And you see this, like there's clues sprinkled in from every successful person on the planet that has yeah. shared their testimonials, shared their stories, shared their memoirs. And you hear it. It was all falling apart. I had nothing. I was sleeping in a basement. I started here. I was in my parents' garage. I got turned down a thousand times. I lost my job. Like there's evidence that this is the way it works but yet mm -hmm. it's so it can, it's scary we know this we've it's both... scary but but that's why it's so important to be around people <clears throat> who who are living it too right mm -hmm. and and like your mastermind and your spaces and same thing with my spaces like it's so that we can be those expanders and we can remind them that this is normal yeah you know to to the small percentage of us who will take the journey mm. So, and that's also why it's just so important you be careful who you surround yourself with because not everybody will get that this is the common path in an uncommon lane, right? Yes, yes. And I know for myself, I mean, I preach this constantly and talk about this nonstop of like what being in a mastermind has done for me. And this is like one of the key things. It's like normalizing bigger numbers, normalizing bigger risk like even watching you go through all this trademark stuff this year and can we just say like I know what you went through with that and how emotionally draining that was and you're here being like we're still up 22 percent like in a market that's not doing great <laughs> like you like and that's even oh, we can talk all day but that's even like the duality of being able to hold it all being able to hold yeah. the deepest darkest bullshit and yeah 
I'm still thriving and it's all perfect and it's working and we're moving yeah. and it's shit, but it's great. <laughs> like you held yeah. it. Like a no, but I think like, like I love this so much and why it's so important is that what I learned, like just to be like totally vulnerable, and I know I share this with you, is like I I didn't it felt really personal for that to happen. And the amount of internal private work I had to do with myself around having someone copy you. And I know it's rampant in the coaching industry, particularly, right? But having people copy us when our work is our purpose, our work is us, our work is our life force out in some sort of tangible way, right? So to have someone copy you is like really deeply um, challenging. And also it was part of my personal development journey to be able to continue to build what I'm building and lead this team and lead these women and build my coaching business and all of it. And to let both, like you said, the duality of both exist, right? I can be imperfect. There was a lot of stuff that came up with that, that I was like, damn, I wish I did that better. Damn, I wish I did that 10 years ago. Like I wouldn't be having this conversation if I had done some things 10 years ago, right? And, and all of my own sort of doubts and imperfections and things that I had to clean up along that journey. And I want this to just be such a testament to everyone, particularly on their path here, that you don't have to do it perfectly. That's not required. You don't have to know everything. That's not required. You don't have to know really anything. You just have to be committed to honoring that calling inside of you, right? And to doing it in the ways that feel like the natural ways for you to do it and the, let the rest of it unfold in the way it's supposed to. And don't make it mean that you're a failure or that you fucked up or, cause I could have made it mean all those things yeah. in April. Yeah. I could have shut my doors and been like, well, that sucked and I failed and, and let that be the end of that story. But instead, in you know, we took a different track. It was almost like, the next big step that was absolutely required for this next absolutely. big vision of your company. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, this conversation is just heaven. Like I just, I could talk this shit. I do this all day all with time. you. Yeah. Literally like we're in DMs like, blah, 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 like just rambling <laughs> all the time. Um, but I am going to wrap this up and I have kind of like the most basic basic bitch question yeah. <laughs> at the end of such a deep conversation. But I'm genuinely curious from someone who's like a real estate boss. What are your thoughts on selling sunset? <laughs> do you like the show? Do you watch show? Is it crazy? Is it fake? Is it, is it whatever? Like, tell me. Fake. Like so fake. Come on, y'all. Like I have my moments. Don't get me wrong. I used to love million dollar listing. I would watch that. Cause that's like, real estate porn is the best thing ever, right? Selling something, I can't, I cannot get into it. I can't. And you know, the main dude, um, Oppenheimer or whatever, that guy. Yeah. Like he's legitimate. He built a legitimate business. I will give him credit. The rest are just little actresses. You guys, they're not real. I don't know what to tell you. So I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go as hard on that as I want. I think it's been a tremendously big disservice to our industry and something we are constantly trying to overwrite and overcome because it sets a lot of weird, um, like, I don't want to say expectations, but beliefs around our work ethic or how we work or what we even do, like what is our actual job? I mean, it's reality TV 
enjoy it. It's, it's meant to just have fun with, but it's not real. And so it's, you know, until I've had different conversations, people have tried to do things in Chicago and there's been, you know, different invitations, but I could never, you know, it's like, it would, it's just, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Unless I'm going to give, be given like the full unfiltered, you know, run of it. Yeah. I want to tell people stories. Like if I were to ever do a show of any kind, I want to tell people stories about what their homes have allowed for them in their lives. Because that is some of the most profound, I think, things in in this world come because you feel safe and secure and free to be the most authentic version of yourself when you're in your home, right? I mean, you're in your home office. You've built this business from your home. You've been in your cocoon to be able to show up in the ways that you show up. And what our homes really allow for is powerful, powerful. And so um, I'll do a show about that any day of the week. But Selling Sunset, you're so funny. I just couldn't. You know also, also like so much work you guys like already so much work but like to get dressed every day and put your face <laughs> on and like do all, all of that I'm like how do they do that but no totally it's, it's definitely a whole gimmick that's for sure but something you just said which I'm not going to go too deep into it because we'll get into like a 30 minute tangent but even just like what you just said about the home and what it does for you and how it supports you and who you get to become in a home. When, you know, when I first moved into this home, like all the limiting beliefs and all the things, all my demons came up around this move. And it's only just been since maybe like the end of November that I actually feel like I'm growing into it. Like it was such a stretch and I kind of knew that, like I've done certain things where I've, you know, done an investment or like got something that I was like, it's stretchy now, but I'm going to grow into it. But this one was like extra stretchy. And I felt like I was in a big pot and I was like this little like tiny tree. And I was like, I didn't know if I was going to grow into it, but this is like really how I feel. Like I'm starting to, I didn't even use my office for like the first five, uh, four months or five months or something. Like I just, I just, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know you had an office. Yeah. I just started to use it in the past few weeks. Cause I, it was weird. I would like, was like so used to working in my living room or, yeah. and I feel like I'm in here now. I'm finding my flow and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm literally growing into this home. Like I'm becoming yeah. who I want to be through this house, this house. Through the portal. It's literally a portal because it's not something that you can escape every day. Right. I mean, it's one thing to make an investment in something, you know, and like be stretched in that way, but the home is literally stretching you every day. Right. And, and every month and every time you write that payment and every thing that you are doing around it, it's, it's pretty confronting. And so you've had to keep doing your work, right? You've had to keep showing up for yourself. You've had to keep trusting that that decision and that move was for the greater context of your life and the business that you were building. Right. And not the right now. And then you can just keep growing into it. And I've had similar experiences. I mean, even this house, I actually feel like I've outgrown this. Right. And so what is, the next move that's going to be in alignment for what I'm creating and building and growing into. Right. So it's, they're powerful mirrors. They're powerful reflections. They are energetic portals without a doubt. And so if you're looking to upgrade or elevate, you know, other parts of your life, really look at your home and how it's supporting you in that or holding you back from that. There's a lot there. That's a whole podcast. in itself. The power of our houses. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Well, Um, I need to have you back on because we have more to, more to talk about. We have so much to talk about, but I love this conversation and I love the work that you're doing. And I think 
no matter the industry that you are in, no matter, you know, the dreams that you have, it's so the mindset is where it all begins, right? Your energetic signature is what follows, you know, the embodiment work that that gets touched on. And so, so keep doing the beautiful work that you're doing, because it's really important. And I'm glad that I got to come be a part of this conversation. And, and yeah, and I, if there's, you know, if there's people, whether you're women in real estate or women in business, it doesn't matter. I've, I am now like supporting all sorts of different entrepreneurs, but particularly women in real estate. If there is coaching or support or anything needed, you know, come find me. It's it's my my come to find out where this whole last 14 years has been taking me right was into this business now of of helping other women create the same in their lives, you know, beyond just this team. So and where would you like people to find you? Is Instagram your go-to? Instagram's great. Yeah. I mean, I will say it's come find me on there, DM me on there. Right now I've been in like a quiet season this fall. I've had a lot going on in real life. So I don't necessarily feel like I have to show up on Instagram. This is also a topic all of its own, right? I don't, I, I have the belief that I don't need to be on there to generate business and so people have continued to find me regardless, but it definitely go come on there, connect, you know, hopefully there'll be more stuff going up in the new year. And you, so that, that's my personal, that's the Kelly underscore E underscore Parker. And then you can also follow home collective, which is home collective underscore RE on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you, Kelly. So freaking much. This was so powerful. I love you beyond. Yeah. And you'll be same back. girl. Yeah, have me back. I will come talk anytime. This is so fun. Perfect. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Big Dreamers Bible podcast. If you love this episode as much as I did, I would love if you could share it on your Instagram story and tag myself and Kelly so we can see that you watched it and also share your biggest takeaways. This episode was definitely closing out 2023 with a bang and I cannot wait to be back in the new year and begin 2024 with the Big Dreamers Bible podcast. Love you all. Happy new year, my love. Thank <laughs> you.